This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 458 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. I am Glenn the Geek from Lexington, Kentucky. Well, today's tip is our weekly thehorse.com weekly health tip that we do every, every week on Horses in the Morning, our live morning show. We share these tips with you because they are so educational, a little fun and funny and entertaining to listen to, but you do learn so much, and we hope that uh, you're finding them enjoyable as well. And today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. You know, Whatever you're looking for this summer, whether it's for your horse or for your kids or for your spouse, I don't, or for you, it doesn't matter whether it's boots or breeches or, or tops or jackets or, or horse clothing or horse boots, whatever you're looking for, you can find the biggest selection over at equestriancollections.com. They have over 300 manufacturers to choose from and thousands of styles and sizes, and it's just amazing, the selection they have. Plus, they're a very active retailer. You're going to like the specials that they have. They have a, you got to go over there right now and look at their closeout section. They have things up to 70% off, and I'm talking really cool stuff, off to, up to 70% off and those you have to get while they last. So head on over to equestriancollections.com right now and share in the savings and share in the fun, and you're going to find what you need. So when you're going to order that next thing, don't go to that store you're used to. Check out Equestrian Collections first. You might be surprised. Talk about castration day for a couple of reasons. One, we want to make one of those lunch. Two, um, it's, as, <laughs> as Jamie was saying, it is extremely important. You know, you may have to deal with these horses, and I think these days with we've got an unwanted horses after that live event tonight. So this is this is kind of in the forefront of our minds, and a lot of people out there are starting to adopt horses that may not have been gilded, and you know, are maybe dealing with castrations that they normally may not have. If they were just buying a riding horse or whatnot. So um, Erin has a couple of stories on this as well. Erin, um, would you like to share? I hope she's on the line by now. Yes, yes, I've been on the line the whole time. Um, yeah, the uh, classic that. Uh, Christy just mentioned is that people are rescuing horses and their stallions, and that's why they're rescuing because people have been educated enough on castrations, don't have the money for castrations or whatever the reason, breed babies, and the babies grow up to be stallions. So I actually got a lady, and uh, you know, my heart goes out to Heather. She's done such a great job of um, adopting two horses back to back, both stallions that were. He euthanized at the local animal control and uh, got a castration done on them. One she actually did just this past Monday and one two previous that Monday. And, uh, you know, she gave him, she's going to give him a good home, and uh, she was, you know, savvy enough to know that the castration is going to be necessary to have both of them, and, but, in fact, have one reasonable horse in her yard. Well, I don't think that there's any reason at all that a person that does not own a breeding facility should own a stallion. I there mean, is no reason. I, 
you, you have, first of all, the horse's life is so much more miserable. They have to be kept separate. They're completely tormented all the time, you know, and it, they're just, it can be more dangerous. And some places don't let you bring stallions. You can't always, you know, go to certain horse shows or you can't always board at certain places when you have a stallion. So it makes your life and the horse's life a lot easier when you do have them castrated. I mean, why keep a non-breeding stallion a stallion? I can't come up with a good reason either. <laughs> I think it was very well said. And Christy and I yes. were discussing the show last night, and she said that one these are one of the surgeries she hasn't seen that often. And it's mostly because she's kept her horses at boarding barns. You don't see stallions at boarding barns. So, you know, people who have stallions or are rescuing a stallion and purchasing one, and they think they're going to take it to those are going to be greatly astonished at the fact that stallions may not even be allowed at a boarding barn, let alone have yeah. to have you know, extra care or maybe even cost more to board one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and, you, know, you, always, you always have those, those exceptions that prove the rule. You know, the stallion that's never been bred, and he might as well just be a, a kid's pony for all of his behavior, but they really are the exception rather than the rule, as wonderful hey, as they are. Dr. Jones, you're really breaking up on us today. Are, are you in a bad spot? I might be. Let me let me see if I can get to a better phone, maybe. Uh, that might be okay. my better. I mean, I hate to ruin this uh, enthralling conversation about Castration, you know, hats off I, to you, Glenn, for pointing out the fact that you couldn't hear me that well for this wonderful conversation. <laughs> he just wants to make sure he gets every word that you're saying. Hey, I have actually been on scene of a castration or two. I cannot say I was in charge of the head. I can't say that I paid any attention to the back end. Well, at least you partake into it, and that means that you're all for it, and I love that. And you know what? Every castration that happens, you can hear all of the male of any species screaming at the same time. They're Not all out there. Not necessarily. No? I've done some for many male trainers, and the words, the next words out of their mouth once it's completed is, they're going to make a better gelding than a stuff. Yeah, like the word should be, thank God. Brain surgery yeah. has been completed. <laughs> we are going to be able to move on with our life. You know, I, I, Dr. Jones, I had to neuter my, my puppy. Uh, he was six months old. On his six-month birthday, I had that sucker in the, uh, in the vet clinic. I'm like, please, take him off. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, as a kid, we were always getting off the school bus because we'd see our dog roaming the neighborhood because he was intact. And I'm like, Mom, why didn't somebody ever suggest castration? And she said the vet never did to her, and she never thought about it. That, you know, it was back in the old days, I guess, where they didn't really push it as much. And I'm thinking that was ridiculous. That the poor dog wanted to jump the fence and went looking for love as often as he was. You know, <laughs> we could have kept him in his fence and been in a safe, safe environment. Thank God he never got hit. But I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Well, listen. So the, obviously castration is incredibly important for the life of the horse, the life of the owner, the boarding facility, the rider. But, you know, Dr. Jones, I, this probably leads you into your next thing. I worked at a vet clinic where one vet did every castration standing and the other vet laid every single one of them down. Do you have a preference? I do all mine down. I prefer to keep my face together. But I have uh, numerous <laughs> friends that do them standing because they say that it's a quicker. Uh, they get better clamping, um, lots of good positives to it uh, doing it standing, but there's a lot of good positives doing down. So it is going to be a veterinary preference. And um, just make sure that when you go into it and you have always had yours done standing and you prefer to have it done standing, 
make sure you ask your veterinarian, are you comfortable with doing it standing? I prefer to have it done standing. If not, can you recommend somebody? And the same with doing in down type thing. For sure, and there is there is actually another technique that was uh, that was brought up at the I believe it was the 2005 AAEP meeting, and I guess I'll, I'll start this one out with a question for Glenn. Glenn, you're still here, right? Yeah, I'm still here. By the way, are rubber bands <laughs> out nowadays? Is that yeah, they are. Yeah. Uh, lambs, uh, about the only place I ever hear about it anymore is they do it on uh, lambs. Okay, just checking. Okay, so my question for Glenn is: Can you guess what? I'll, I'll say what home what piece of home improvement equipment can actually be used to help castrate a horse. A nutcracker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That needs to be put on Facebook today. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> That's my first thought. Sorry. <laughs> why you have this awesome show. Um, so the <laughs> correct answer would actually be a battery-operated drill. Wow, oh, that's worse than a nutcracker. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> God. Well, you did drill them out. There is a technique. It's called the Henderson drill. It's a um, emasculator. It does the same thing as the old-fashioned hand ones. Okay, and it does a emasculator is bad. If it's called an emasculator, <laughs> it can't be good. <laughs> it, um, it it's quicker, cleaner, less swelling post-op, um, but it does have a learning curve to it. So I wouldn't recommend that a veterinarian goes out and buys it and the next day thinks that they're going to be proficient at it. Um, it will take a few a few probably castrations um, to get the hand uh, handle of it, but it's quick. It's it's so easy. It has less trauma to the tissue, believe it or not, and a lot less swelling. Um, Dr. Merriam was on talking about his seminar project a few months back, and he uses it religiously down in the Dominican Republic for all of his uh, castration work he does down there for them. And he absolutely he, loves his. He used okay, it at home, of course, too. Explain it again exactly what happens with the drill. <laughs> well, basically, there's a, just a piece on the end of the drill that's wrapped around yeah. the cord and does the clamping and castrating. And I'm trying to be very polite and gentle about this, but it basically kind of rips it and twists it. And, uh, ah, <laughs> there went lunch. I tried to be as gentle as I could, Lynn. <laughs> I really did. Good job, Eric. <laughs> Dripping and twisting is not gentle, Doctor. <laughs> That's got to be in Black Beauty. <laughs> well, the, um, the funny thing is, is, is I, have, I have to tell a little side uh, comment on this. I will probably, unfortunately, never have that piece of machinery in my practice. And that's because a very well-known reproduction specialist, female, that my husband and I are friends with, had it in her hands as we were walking by, my husband and I walking by the trade show at AAP, proceeded to turn around and chase my husband down the alleyway with it. (laughs) (laughs) He has restricted me from keeping that or buying and purchasing that piece of equipment. <laughs> it was it was quite the topic of discussion that year at AEP. Especially yeah, the I mean it, it had a crowd that that had a crowd around it like you wouldn't believe. 
That's we are awesome. sick people. We are sick people. That's your sick. And I think, <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 a method that, that people have found some benefits from, like like Karen said, less swelling and whatnot. So quicker. It's very quick. Quicker. Um, the big thing is the learning curve. You got to have, uh, you know, a few hours using it to know that you've got it handled quite well without um, causing excessive trauma. Oh, and those poor horses you're practicing on, and you don't get it quite right. Well, there's plenty of them out there. The Bureau of Land Management. Yeah, you practice on the Mustangs. There you go, poor Mustangs. Like they didn't get it. Like they don't have it bad enough over there. People rounding them up with helicopters. Good Lord, now you're gonna rip their testicles off. (laughs) Practice. No, I think there's. I'm sure you can find a friend that will help you out. Um, I know Dr. Merriam's always offered up for me and and friends of mine to come up to his practice and use it on his or watch them use it. And uh, so I'm sure you'll find a veterinarian that's got one and get a few tries on theirs and then purchase your own. All right, next. Well, and you know, I've been reading. Well, I've been reading a little bit about uh, Dr. Jones, the free castration clinics that people have been doing. I think they even had one at the Kentucky Horse Park where yeah, you bring your yeah. horse, well, yeah. castrate it, and no yeah. problem, done. Yes, AAP is promoting that pretty heavily um, because we have this serious unwanted horse problem, and um, we're just trying to keep the population control down. And I hate to tell you guys, but the beautiful story of Black Beauty kind of gets ingrained into some people's heads and they get themselves a black stallion and they've got themselves a black beauty and they have their walter farley's black stallion black beauty is a gelding well that's what they're thinking is they've got themselves a black stallion and black beauty seems to come to mind Um, i'm just telling you from what i hear from clients so i know it and i'm glad you've corrected that openly on the radio but people think that uh, they've got themselves a storybook horse. Oh, boy. Crazy people. Yeah. yeah. So when you get All to that right. chapter, yeah. make sure you emphasize that the castration was a good thing, if you haven't gotten to that chapter yet. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else Absolutely. on castration we need to know? Yeah, we had a couple of things. We wanted just to run down a couple of points real quick, such as what's the best age, um, some other considerations for a safe environment. 55. 55. Horse and horse here. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh, it's getting close. Are you adding this to the calendar? <laughs> Mine doesn't most go out that far. People, most people do the castrations when the um, babies are a year old. They've gone through the uh, stress of weaning process, and uh, they've got a band of horses that, that they can go out together with. They don't have the hormone um, influx going on that they're mounting other fillies out there in the pasture so they can be turned out with the fillies as well. So you castrate them, you put them out in the field with a bunch of other babies, and they help work themselves. It's, it's usually a good uh, scenario. Thoroughbred people do that a lot, um, and some of the big herd uh, farms will do that, quarter horse as well. Um, I've done them as old as 16. Uh, they get a little bit more difficult as you get up in age. Uh, there's uh, a tendency for the cord to break easily. It doesn't have an elasticity that it does when they're younger. Um, there is extra tissue that can capture a nice little pocket of serum that becomes pus. So you got to put them on antibiotics when they're usually older um, candidates. There's just more things to look into. So it's always best to do it around that year of age. I've done it as young as four months, and the horse was still on mom. And the uh, client decided to ride mom and let the baby chase mom, and that gave the baby exercise to decrease swelling post-op. And um, Because... Yeah, because you don't want stall rest or anything. They have to actually get out there and move 
to keep him, which would be opposite of what we horse people want to do. Oh my God, he's got a big cut. Like he's open, so we have to keep him in the stall and protect him. And then um, between the exercise and I think time of year too really makes a difference because of flies. Absolutely. This time of year, you know, yes, I did do two of them, you know, back to back here, but I was happy to do them because she's doing them for a good reason, but flies are a concern at this time of year. So usually early spring is when they're done up north. We do them in January. That's really the best time um, around here is January. You get them all done. Uh, February, uh, the flies aren't in. The weather's cool. They're they're year old. They haven't come into the spring hormone season yet. So those are those are good times. Yeah, and Jamie, thanks for bringing up the aftercare in in terms of having the horse move around. Because I think people don't you know normally when you when you have a surgery as a human, they stitch it, it stops bleeding, or maybe you've got a dressing on it for a little while and you don't worry about it. You're going to see some blood on the horse's legs. I mean, that's it's supposed to drain. That's the point of him moving around is to have that stuff drain. It's not keep the swelling down, make sure that there's no infection, that everything's open straight out. So I just wanted to bring that up. We have um, a good point. point. We recommend the quiet the first day just so the clots can set in nicely. Uh, same thing as if you had wisdom teeth taken out. They want you to kind of relax, don't do too much, because they want you to clot in the area where your wisdom teeth were. Same thing with horses. They want you to have the clot set. After that, they need to be worked every day. If you get too too much swelling, you're going to capture too much serum. That makes a great environment for bacteria to live. Then you've got yourself a pus pocket and abscess going on um, and or infection going on. Um, the swelling also slows down the healing phase, so just the more you work them, the better off. And uh, I believe the horse has a good video on that post-op care, the twice-a-day trotting, not a hand walk. It's got to be trotting uh, for about 20 minutes at a time is what's really recommended to keep the swelling down. Which just sure. sounds like it's... It shouldn't be like that. So now, Christy, do you guys actually have a video of a castration on thehorse.com? We actually do. So if you go to our videos page. (laughs) Glenn can visit it over lunch. Yes, you can. And you can pause it and play it again if you would like. And, you know, make sure you go over the surgical technique very carefully. This would not be the drill method. I used to like thehorse.com. I used to think you guys had a great website. <laughs> it's a very, very good video. Very educational. <laughs> did they use the drill? No, no, they oh. did not use the drill in this one. Oh, good. This is, good. This is a, a down procedure where the horse was anesthetized. Okay. Um, but, Erin, um, I know we're running out of time, but just uh, real quickly, can you talk just a little bit about what what kind of environment you want to provide? Most castrations are done at the farm. Um, you know, as far as not having a stressful environment, not having a lot of stuff going on, any other considerations? Yes, those are two two very important things. Also, too, the horse is laying down. It's under general anesthesia, so you have to remember there's no EKG. There's no blood pressure monitor. So we're basically doing it all off of what we see clinically on the horse. Um, if they are flicking their eye, their eye movement, their breath, how many breaths in the minute are they doing. So we're clinically just trying to keep them in a nice little plane of happiness while this is all going on, but not too deep. Uh, the environment you want to lay them on, you want to make sure there's no manure there. You want to make sure there's, in our area, no fire ant hills, um, no bad brush, as in uh, sticky um, thorny type brush that you lay them down on, that kind of thing. Make sure it's a good firm surface that when they turn over on their belly to stand up, they can get their feet underneath them very easily. 
Um, I like to do it in kind of a, a confined-in area, so a pasture would be best in case there is a, an issue where the horse gets startled when they get up and they get away from the handler. That occasionally happens, not very often. I'd say the time it happened to us was with a Mustang, so you can gather the behavior of that Mustang was pretty wild anyway as it was. Um, the uh, behavior prior to, you don't want to introduce a horse to a new barn, a new environment, and say we're going to castrate you today because it's stressful to come into a new barn, a new environment. So you want to think about that. Um, you know, don't want to do it when it's next to a sick horse or if it just got over a sickness. Make sure that it's you know not having some sort of snotty nose issue or diarrhea issues. So a good, healthy horse is the best time to do it. Perfect. Well, I know we're running out of time. Thanks a bunch, Erin, as always. And we appreciate you letting us on to uh, really make Glenn lose his lunch because that's just my, you know, my pleasure. But most of all, actually, really gotten there today. Yeah, but most of all, <laughs> I'm just real emphatic about this needs to be done. Yeah, I'm with you, girl. I, I think for every not humans, obviously, but every man, you know, between horses and dogs and just any any cats, there's just enough pet overpopulation you know, pretty much in any pet. So uh, everybody keeps that in mind. It's very important to castrate your horses, neuter your dogs, neuter your cats, spay your cats and dogs, and uh, take care of that. Be a responsible pet owner. Am I right here, doctor? Wait a minute. Did Bob Barker just come into the room? I'm looking. (laughs) He started. I'll keep going. I'll 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 end the show every day with that. I will. I'm going to start doing it. Yay. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Jones. It was actually informational, and, and uh, I hung with it the whole time. And I wanted to tell Christy that Tina posted on her Facebook page, thanks for the shout-out. So she's listening this morning. So. <laughs> so I'm so glad. I figured she would be. She, she almost never misses a show. So. Fantastic. And, and well, thankfully, I know we're running off, but I just wanted to remind you guys that we do have that, yeah. um, that discussion, that Ask the Vet Live Q&A tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern on Unwanted Horses problems and solutions. So we're going to talk okay. about some things that people can do. Uh, castration clinics, I'm sure, will be mentioned. So, well, that is you know, an important topic If you just right didn't now, get enough. Sure. Well, I, you know what? I actually agree with the whole castration thing, and it is an important topic right now. It, it, it's something that we, we do have to worry about. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks. All Thank right. You for thanks, guys. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us on. Oh, and don't forget, uh, before you go, Dr. Jones, what's your uh, website address? We always forget to plug you at the end. (laughs) It's Florida with the whole word spelled out, FloridaEquine.com, and I appreciate it, Glenn. All right. Well, that was my co-host, Jamie Jennings, for Horses in the Morning. You heard there, along with Christy West of TheHorse.com and Dr. Jones of Florida Equine. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation about castration, as, as enjoyable as that can get. It is very important, and I do agree with that. They just try and gross me out every week. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Don't forget, you can hear Horses in the Morning, 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, Eastern Time, at HorsesInTheMorning.com, or on your smartphone at HorsesInTheMorning.mobi, M-O-B-I. Thank Thank you, everybody. Have a great day and enjoy. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 